traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. I have, I'm really so um, pleased that I have an outstanding guest uh, named uh, Fred Zeidman, who is the co-chair and director of the Council for a Secure America. And he served as chairman of the United States Holocaust Memorial Council from 2002 to 2010. He's one of the experts on energy policy and has a wonderful piece uh, that is on the Real Clear Markets website that everyone should read about what we're doing with our energy policies. Um, Fred, uh, pl- privilege to have you on. Thanks so much for joining. Well, Steve, first of all, it's uh, quite a privilege to be here. Uh, I wish I could listen after because I want to hear your thing on education. And if you can get rid of Randy Weingart for a starter, uh, we have, <laughs> we have enough. We got enough problems in Texas, as you well know. But uh, uh, start up there with her. Uh, and obviously, there's been a lot, a lot of excitement in the world today, which are incredibly affecting, uh, going to affect energy policy everywhere, uh, and makes this an even more critical conversation. So, sure uh, does. Well, Fred, uh, again, uh, let me just say one thing about the schools and then we'll get onto the topic of our discussion. You know, they, I don't know if you uh, heard that the this week, the new uh, national association, not national assessment numbers came out about how the schools are performing and the numbers are as low as they've been in 50 years. So our schools are completely failing our kids. And it is. Well, I think yeah, it's I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you've uh, followed Texas at all, but we threw. In Houston, we threw the whole school board out and the whole managerial system out and put in a <laughs> the governor put in a whole bunch of people here. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. We, I know you don't have a lot of time when we get on topic. But well, uh, I, I, that's great, by the way. I hope that I hope you. that in Houston that you can change things because, you know, this is going to take a revolution in schooling and it can't wait another day. But another issue that can't wait another day is something you wrote about this week. And you are right. one of the world's expert on energy policy. Uh, so uh, I'll tell you my quick take and then I'd love your reaction to it and your sure. uh, words of wisdom, which is you know, that the most important thing we can do for our economy right now that is a no-brainer is to produce more oil and gas and coal right. and nuclear power and whatever energy we have access to as a way of, of uh, reducing the power and the money that's flowing into the Russian uh, military machine and also many of our other enemies around the world. And I don't even understand the logic of why we have disassembled our world uh, commanding height as one of the world's uh, energy producers. So tell me what you think we should be doing to get back to being number one in energy. Sure. First of all, uh, I I must tell you that uh, uh, close to producing more is knowing what to do with it after we produce it. Uh, The biggest mistake that was made uh, was the day after change in administration when they canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Right, right. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be up in North Dakota this week. Uh, but I will tell you, there is no 
there is nothing to stop production except there's nothing to do with all the oil and gas right. once you get it. With no yeah, pipeline. By the way, let me can I, let me just interrupt you for one second. I've been sure, sure, up sure. to the I've been uh, you. I'm sure you know my friend Harold Ham, who uh, with Continental well, Energy has done a lot. That's that's exactly where I'm headed uh, on Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday. So well, when I was up uh, there in Williston, maybe this was probably three years ago. Um, you know, I was just looking at all this gas that was being flared off. You know, um, just burned off. And I asked Harold, what, you know, what the heck is going on here? That's a valuable resource. He said, we don't have the infrastructure, you know, the pipelines to get this gas, the natural gas, to the areas like Boston and the Northeast and other in California. Right. So they, I mean, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's unreal. I, I, a little bit of humor, but uh, when we were up, we go up there twice a year. Harold is my co-chairman of Council uh, for Secure America. And for anybody that doesn't know, Harold is the largest independent oil producer yep. in America. Yep. He, are, he, without question, is the man that was responsible for American energy independence because yep. when we were producing 8 million barrels a day and consuming between 10 and 11, we were have to, have, having to import it. Harold is producing over 2 million barrels a day, and that made Amazing. up the difference in major energy independence. But when we were up there a couple of years ago, uh, it was about this time of year. So the sun goes down 10, 30, 11 at night. And we oh, were uh, out on one of the ranches, not his. We were with one of the other producers. And I walked outside about 11 o'clock at night. We were still there visiting and talking. Uh, and I looked like it, was, I looked, it looked like I was you know, standing in the middle of Times Square. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it was just right. bright as day. Yeah. And uh, the... Uh, the first lady of the ranch came out and said to me, isn't that beautiful? Uh, and her name is Joyce Evans. It's, uh, the ranch belongs to Triple T Ranch. And I said, yeah, yeah but I said, I said, yeah, but Miss Evans, this is all your, this is all your money burning up. Uh, you know, with no pipeline to carry this out, you're limited. You're limited to rail cars and trucks. And we haven't had any availability on rail cars right. and trucks for five or six years now. So, you know, a, a, a horizontal drilling has turned this industry not into an exploration industry, but a mining industry. I mean, you're, you're going to find it. It's there. You just have to bring it out of the ground, but you're not going to bring it out of the ground if you can't take it anywhere. And so the day that we canceled the Keystone Pipeline was the very first thing uh, uh, that, that, that yeah. foretold yep. the situation we're in now. But if you go... Beyond that, uh, uh, at some of the other moves uh, that were taken, first of all, uh, the administration's uh, totally abandoning any offshore drilling, uh, making that illegal. But even more so is permitting. You have to get a permit to drill. And this article was really focused on the one thing that that Congress, that the government could do immediately, and that's expedite permitting. Uh, we ha- the equipment's available. Uh, we have the equipment. We've got the folks. We're nowhere near where we were uh, at at peak uh, uh, rig activity. So that's not the issue. The whole issue is number one, getting a permit to drill, and number two, okay, you drill and you hit. Now what are you going to do with it? You're going to cap a well and leave all the oil there. You're going to flare gas. 
Uh, I had the uh, honor and privilege yeah. of being in Saudi Arabia and visiting with the crown prince. And I naively said to him, how much gas do y'all have to flare? And he laughed at me and he said, None. we don't flare anything. We yeah, use right. 100% of it. I mean, uh, and he was laughing at me because of the waste. I mean, we've got centuries, centuries yeah. worth of natural gas that is just flaring into the atmosphere. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Let me just interrupt you for a second. I mean, um, so natural gas. Look, I don't understand the logic of the green movement and the environmentalists, which basically, you know, the the Democrats are now kind of a a fully owned subsidiary of the green movement. Just they are a fully owned subsidiary of the teachers union. So why is it? Why is it that they are against natural gas? I mean, I've always called natural gas a wonder fuel. It's abundant. It's made in America. It's reliable. Uh, it's cheap, and it's clean burning. So and you can li- and you can liquefy it and supply yeah. the rest of the world and keep energy. So wh- right. There is so no why? reason. Why? 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 Why are they no, against it? There's no reason. They don't understand it. They don't understand yeah. that the little bit of methane that we're flaring into the air is coming from flaring natural gas. They don't understand that it is so much better and so much less expensive. And if you look at any alternative source of energy and you go look at the equipment to produce it, I would bet you that 80 percent of the equipment that produces alternative energy is made out of uh, (laughs) a fossil fuel product. It's made out of refined product. How much of it is plastic? Yeah. So, Fred, Fred um, another question, because I could have you on for an hour and we only got about 15 minutes. But another question. And, I, and, to ask and you I could about, talk all day about this. So. <laughs> I know we could. Well, we'll have to have a, a drink the next time you're uh, in this area and we'll talk a lot more about this. But I wanted That's to ask you about um, natural. I, I had meetings this week. I was in the Midwest with some major transportation folks and the trucking companies and so on. And they basically just said, look, this idea that we're going to use, you know, um, batteries for trucks, you know, for long haul trucks and so on, it is a right. fantasy. It's it's impossible. It it's not going to happen. It's, not at least in your in my lifetime. Well, That's right. Maybe maybe fifty or sixty years from now, as the technology improves, but at least right. for the next thirty years, we're going to be using, uh, you know, um, diesel, diesel, and we're going to be using oil. Diesel. But I, right. the question I have for you, that that's self evident. What do you think might be the future of natural gas as a transportation fuel? Well, first of all, uh, you know, uh, one of my less successful uh, investments years and years and years ago was we put onto the road the first natural gas fuel trucks. Uh, uh, The problem that uh, we had, obviously, was that there was not and they were hybrids then. So they would run on natural gas, which would run cleaner than oil, cleaner yes. than diesel. But at that point in time, you know, you, you had a couple explosions of pipelines out in the field, and people were scared to death of driving with a tank of natural gas underneath uh, them. I don't okay. care right. how safe we were. Right. And right. so uh, we were just way ahead of our time with that. But there's no question that it's coming. It's got to be safe being stored. And there's got to be enough, uh, there's enough supply 
but enough places to refuel for natural gas. Right, right, uh, right, as right. Well, you know, it's the same problem with electric. I mean, where the hell are you going to refuel them when you're but, out on the road? But you know what, Fred? You know, the government's spending billions and billions and billions of dollars on these recharging stations that they're doing away for thing. free. On the, on the electric cars. Train. That's right. Yeah, why, why not? And like, by the way, I'm not in favor of the government getting involved in energy at all. I think the private sector and the free market system can handle this much better than government right. can. That's right. But it's That's just, right. I'm, I'm just saying it's ironic that we, we should have natural gas uh, stations. Uh, instead, right. we have these electric vehicles. By the way, people have to wait 45 minutes, sometimes an hour or two hours to get their yeah. cars charged. You know, it's the, it's the most crazy thing. It's, and you wonder why only 6% of people are buying electric vehicles. But, Thank uh, you. So what is, what is the um, future, do you think, in terms of, you know, if you look at right now, so, for example, you know these uh, statistics, but I don't think our readers and listeners know you know, these things because they're not experts on this. But most people don't understand even, our, you know, about 65 to 70 percent of our energy today comes from fossil fuels. Oil That's, gas correct. And, uh, That's correct. And then you get about another 10 or 15 percent from nuclear power. And and then uh, if hydropower is a good form of energy, we get about, about another 10 percent from that. And we get maybe 6 percent or 7 percent from wind and solar power. So they're, they're right. pretty trivial in the grand scheme of things. As you That's look right. out in the future, let's say over the next 20 years, uh, I mean, the left is saying in 20 years, it's going to be 100 percent, you know, wind and solar, which is preposterous. Right. You know? So how right. do you how do you see the future changing in terms of the components of our energy? Well, if technology stays where it is, I mean, take a look at California. They have, first of all, have everybody cutting uh, cutting back on their ele- on their electricity because they don't have power supply, and then right. they're going to mandate that everybody have electric vehicles and, right. and not and not use the power. So I mean they don't have they don't have the power now. It's not going right. to happen. It will never happen. I, to the best the way, of my knowledge. Let me interrupt you for one second. They have the energy. Yeah. They just won't use. I mean, they California is an energy rich. Yeah, they're that's a very energy Correct. rich state. Yeah, correct. So, correct. Right. I, look, I, I'll remember. I remember about thirty years ago, uh, we had bought a company out in Santa Barbara uh, that was in the drilling mud business, and I flew out there the first time, and we were going out over Santa Barbara over the ocean, and I said to uh, I, I, I said to my I was the CEO of the company. I said to my uh, uh, my president, "Why are we going out over the ocean?" He said, "We're not allowed to land." In Santa Barbara, we got to go out over the ocean and come back and, and uh, you know, and hit the runway from there. And I said, do me a favor, sell this company, because if yeah. California won't let us land an airplane, what are they going to do to these chemicals that I'm putting in the ground, uh, uh-huh. you know, to be able to produce oil? Right. Yeah. Uh, again, we, we were producing drilling fluid and it was chemical based because of the kind of drilling that they were doing. Uh they have no understanding. Look, do you remember when uh, 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 when the Speaker of the House Pelosi said, uh, "We, you know, we've got to go to natural gas. We can't use fossil fuel anymore." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do okay. remember that. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you, they do, none of them understand. They just yeah. don't understand. I'll give them credit, and they don't want to learn. Uh, uh, Steve, we take. Uh, again, this trip we're taking this week, we do this twice a year. We take New York environmentalists yeah, and right. thought leaders out right. to the Bakken Shale to show them that, number one, we're not harming 
the uh, we're not harming the environment. environment. Yeah, uh, the right. only thing that's in, in, harming the environment is the methane that's escaping from gas flaring, which wouldn't be yeah. flared if they would let us ship it somewhere. The so See, here's the problem, Fred. Though you're gonna uh, you're gonna experience. They don't care. This isn't about no, facts. Right. It's not about reality. It's about a religion. And also, it's about, they call it the green movement for a reason. It's all about the green. And I'm talking right. about the money. So there's the money. The people money, have the to money, realize money. we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars on what I call, Fred, and I love your reaction to this, I call it the climate change industrial complex. And they want their money from government. And that's why I know you will, you will present the facts. And they will be irrefutable, but they don't care. They don't care and they don't listen. Number one, I can't disagree with you more, uh, although I'm not sure all the tree huggers care about money. But for the most part, it, it is all about the environmental economy and the money yeah. that the government is pouring into research exactly. in terms of doing that and not in terms of, of technology to be used in the oil patch, uh, which yeah. is what we need. We don't even need that. We need pipelines. That's all we need. You give right, us Fred, pipelines, and we can ship. Yeah. We can ship this gas right here. I, I, we have a home on the bay, right outside the ship channel. I sit and watch eighty yeah. percent of the refined product in the United States coming in so, and out in front of my house all day uh -huh. long, and that's the so Fred, that's the <laughs> trick. So, Fred, I got uh, literally 90 seconds left before we have to take a break. And I really appreciate okay. your taking time out of your Saturday afternoon. I'd love to do this again soon. See, for a second, anytime second. you want. I love this. So, anytime I can particularly okay. teach no, uh, you are brilliant on what's this going stuff. on. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot, and I know our listeners are. So two, two quick questions, right. speed yes, round sir. on the way out. Number one, are we running out of oil and gas in this country? Oh, hell no. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to use that word. We haven't even <laughs> well, we haven't even right. started. We haven't even started to produce it because of horizontal drilling. I yeah. mean, shale. This is not an exploration play. It's Second all question. there. Yeah. Second question: uh, If we do it right, and let's say we get a Donald Trump back in office, or a Ron DeSantis, or someone who's not completely bought and sold by the uh, climate change industrial complex, could the United States return to being the number one energy producer in the world? I, with, I, in no time, as quickly as we can build pipelines, okay? I, I, as right. quickly as we can move the oil, because the amount of oil, again, in, only in this formation, and we haven't gone to deeper formations yet, in the shale producing uh, uh, arenas, oh, you look at the Permian Basin. You look at uh, uh, you look at, at the Bakken, and I mean yeah. there are levels and levels and levels below where we are now that will produce and will produce all day long. Uh, but there, uh, but but there's uh, no right. reason to produce it. You can't you, uh -huh. you can't transport what we got now. So That's we can awesome. be back in charge in absolutely no time. What a positive message, Fred. You are the best. That's Fred Zeitman. He is the uh, co-chair of the Council for a Secure America, and that means energy security for all of us and cheaper right. energy and more abundant energy and more reliable energy so we're not dependent on other countries who hate us. Fred, you are the best of the best. Thank you so much for joining this afternoon. We're going to have you, you on Steve, soon. Anytime. Uh, anytime. Oh, okay, fantastic. And, and, so and I'll give you regards to Harold. Bye-bye. I will do. Thank you.